Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. This is RS1, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Hello everybody and welcome along to a special programme on the Radio Show Limited Network of channels. I'm John Hindorf as the world is waking up on Friday the 13th to a weekend without Formula One in Australia. In the early hours of Friday morning, Melbourne time, the news finally coming through and being confirmed that the event as a whole would be cancelled. Now, whilst that was happening, we spoke to Richard Creel, and you can still download that from radio-show.co.uk on the front page. But we thought we'd put a bit more perspective into the situation. In a moment, we'll hear from Nick Damon, our Formula One correspondent. But first, here is the press conference held in the open air to let the world's media know exactly how the decision had been arrived at. In a moment, we'll hear from F1 CEO Chase Carey. But first, here's the man at the head of the Australian Grand Prix Corporation, Andrew Westacott. Before I get started, could I make a comment and suggest and say to everyone that uh, following the uh, testing positive of COVID-19 virus for one of the McLaren Racing Team personnel, our thoughts from the Australian Grand Prix Corporation, Formula One and the FIA are with that uh, individual for a very, very speedy recovery. Um, Thank you. I guess, uh, first and foremost, I want to add our thoughts with those, the individuals that have uh, been infected um, by this. Um, also want to express our disappointment on behalf of the fans. Um, this is a race we always look forward to. Um, great fans here. Um, we're sorry not to have it, but it's been a very fluid situation. Um, I think we've made the right decisions. We've worked well with our partners. I think we're all disappointed to not have it, um, but these are challenging times, and I think we've made the decisions we have to make. Uh, so we're happy to answer questions here. Could I make one uh, additional comment? Uh, the fluidity referred to by Chase Carey and um, the Victorian government is uh, the, um, the partner, if not the sponsor, of the um, Australian Grand Prix Corporation. And uh, as an entity of the Victorian government, we have worked extremely closely with the Department of Health and Human Services to take advice throughout the many weeks leading up to this event in relation to the spread of the COVID-19 virus. Um, Melbourne and Victoria has a chief health officer that feeds into a national body of chief health officers who feed into a committee and all the way up to the National Security Committee chaired by the Prime Minister. We have taken guidance every step of the way from that committee and their input has been crucial. And this morning, we had that additional advice this morning that indicated that uh, the event would be cancelled and that information has been had in parallel. It's important to note that Victoria on on Sunday last weekend, five days ago, hosted a massive event, the World T20 Women's Final at the MCG, which hosted 86,000. So this is a fluid situation that emerges and changes on a day-to-day basis. And I say thank you very much to Formula One, the FIA and the Department of Health and Human Services and the Chief Health Officer for the work that they've done in making sure that we've got up-to-date information all the way through. At this point, our focus really um, is dealing with the issues this weekend. 
Um, clearly, I just came in from Vietnam, so you know we are in discussion with partners on the race, upcoming races. Uh, but I think at this point, what we really want to do is is make sure we deal with the issues here, deal with them properly. Uh, but in the coming days, clearly, we you know we will be addressing you know the events yet to come. You know, it's a pretty difficult situation to really predict. I mean, we've all everybody uses the word fluid. You know, it is obviously a fluid situation. The situation today is different than it was two days ago, which is different than it was four days ago. So trying to look out and make those sorts of predictions when, um, you know, it's changing this quick, you know, is challenging. Cancellation of this nature um, has a, a lot of consequences, and some of those are contractual and financial. Um, we will walk, work those through with the commercial rights holder um, in the days and weeks following this announcement, and um, we will uh, be making sure that... Um, um, appropriate contractual measures are looked after in, in that manner. So there's going to be a lot of things. The point I would make to the fans as well is that we are going to work through with the fans on the refunds applicable to their uh, ticketing arrangements. As Paul Little, our chairman, said earlier on, we will be, uh, you know, we're reaching out and we're, we're saddened for the fans, we're saddened for the staff. And let me say on behalf of the Australian Grand Prix Corporation, this event could not happen if it wasn't for the ecosystem that exists in Victoria. So not only is it the fans... But there's an element of sadness and disappointment that I have for the 600 suppliers, the 12,000 staff that work the event on the weekend, the 180 staff that we have, the family that is Formula One. Um, sport is a wonderful thing that brings us all together. But also in these changing times around the world, we need to be very mindful of the input of the health authorities. And the health authorities in concert with the FIA and Formula One and the Grand Prix Corporation has reached this decision. So that's how the decision and how they got to it was communicated to the F1 press pack. Uh, Nick Damon is joining us and he's been talking to his contacts in the F1 world. Uh, the way that they got to that decision and the time it took, Nick, really, it, it just wasn't good enough. And there was so much confusion with major outlets contradicting each other and at times themselves because of the lack of information flow. What's the story behind what we've just heard? Well, yeah, I think it's... Um, obviously, this, this all came much into focus when we had the press conference on, thir uh, on Wednesday, I think th Thursday, Australian time, Wednesday, European time, when Lewis Hamilton first said, we really shouldn't be doing this, but, but cash is king, was his throwaway comment. Um, following that, of course, one of the McLaren employees was tested positive for coronavirus. And at that point, um, McLaren withdrew from the event, uh, which, and also now they probably have 14 of their, their team are in quarantine. So that's just for ongoing conversation. 14 McLaren employees are in quarantine um, or isolation within Australia. And that was, that's, all, that's all absolutely understandable. But yeah. from that point on, the decision had to be made, surely. A fairly simple one is, do we continue or do we not? And it seemed that nobody wanted to make the decision. They, they, got the, they got the remaining teams together and had a vote, which originally was five each. Until, no, it wasn't. No, it, it was, more details have come out of what was actually going on, okay. on on that situation. And just to explain this again, it's absolutely straight. Despite every, the protestations in the start of the season, when we thought Fry might be able to get there because of Italy, if a team withdraws, not isn't able to make it, or is 
forced by someone else that they can't, told they can't come at the border, that's completely different. A team withdraws, there's no effect on the Grand Prix. There's no, there's, you, know, you haven't got to call it off. They've chosen to withdraw. Maybe they had no choice to withdraw, but they've not been yes. kicked out as such, and therefore the race goes on. So at that point, the race was, the, the, the question was, do we continue or do we stop? Now, there's two, there's two elements to this. There's the sporting element, which is the teams that, that teams are racing teams they want to race. And if we're very cynical, some of the midfield teams might want to race even more without McLaren being there. And then, of course, there is the other thing. And the actual key point is that if you call a race off, an Australian race with hundreds of thousands of spectators who pay hundreds of many, many millions of dollars, um, and also there's a hosting fee that has been paid by the Victoria State Government and the private organisers. Yeah. yeah. $55 million it costs to host the um, uh, Australian Grand Prix. The, 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 what everyone wants to happen in the F1 paddock, the organisers, uh, the uh, F1, they want to keep all their money and they want Mr. Insurance Man to pay out the losses. But there's a certain trigger that has to be treated in a certain way and then you find out who, who actually pays. It's actually calling off. If I just say it's off then the, and you haven't met the, the various you know, rules and regulations the insurance company obviously going to try not to pay f1 don't want to call it off because f sorry sorry Lib- f- the fia can't call it off because they can only call it off if there aren't enough cars liberty can call it off but then they would forfeit the 55 million dollar hosting fee if the organizers call it off without the explicit um say so from the victorian state government they are liable not to get their insurance the victorian state government can argue about public health and public safety so that's 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 the, why you have in the press conference, four different people standing there, all sitting there going, I really hope I can keep my money. And, and Lloyds of London going, wonder how we can get out of this in some way. And, and, that, <laughs> and that's really why that took so long. Right, so what happened with this team thing? Because the original thing we heard, that it was 5-5 in terms of the, of the teams uh, being deadlocked on, in whether to go ahead or not. And then pressure came from, uh, from the overarching company Daimler-Benz for AMG which turned that into 6-4 and then it possibly became 7-3 later on with someone else uh, making uh, trying to change their mind as well is that not correct that's, yeah, yeah that's right yeah but it was actually it was it was Ferrari Alfa Romeo Ren and McLaren saying no uh, well, Ferrari Alfa Romeo saying no, with McLaren saying no by proxy effectively saying yes which was Red Bull uh, AlphaTauri, Racing Point, and Mercedes. So basically, the AMB teams, Mercedes and and Honda, and Williams and Haas abstained. So you know that, which is interesting. Ah. I, I know, for, but I know for a fact that obviously Claire Williams and Gunter uh, Steiner would both probably have been beneficiaries of McLaren not being there. So that's actually quite. I think that's quite. Um, magnanimous for it isn't the right word but that's quite good of them to, to not try and force the issue when they would be one of the teams most likely to benefit in early season running anyway you're absolutely right what then happened was there was a conversation between uh, the managing the, the, the very high ups in Stuttgart and Toto Wolf and they said to Toto we're not sure about this but we'll, we'll do whatever you want to do and Toto went back and said no I'm sorry I've got to I'd be you know because of the care, uh, duty of care for my employees, I'd now like to change my vote. And at that point, obviously, it went um, five, three, and two abstaining. So at that point, it goes right. It's not happening. And at that point, as we, as, you, as I don't know how you found that out last night, or, or whoever found it out on Twitter last night, we saw a plane manifest turning up that Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen had got an early Emirates flight out of Australia um, near the woman's getting her free birthday cake. Uh, and um, in seat two D. Yeah, and also uh, apparently Lewis had, le- Lewis had left as well. Well, and also so, both of the um, McLaren drivers 
uh, had left as well, apparently. Um, they'd managed to get out before, I think, they were quarantined. Um, so, uh, Carlos Sainz and uh, his teammate, who's that? Alex Albon, isn't it? Sorry, Lando Norris, both um, managed to get away uh, without so, yeah, uh, so before think... it all kicked off. So effectively, when 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 Toto changed his vote, which was which was obviously quite late, the more uh, quite late at night, Germany time, so quite you know early in the morning, uh, Australian time. At that point, I think that's when it, it all swirled around with the with the information misinformation. Because you spoke to, to certain people, and, and don't forget Ross Braun, who had the casting vote when it was a draw, voted voted for a, a holding pattern and run Friday and see what happens was what he wanted to do. Um, so that basically, that the, what then happened was that obviously that if you talk to people who hadn't realized everything had changed they're going to say, yeah, yeah we're going to go ahead we're going to run friday and see what happens with what they'd be saying so if you were talking to christian horner i'm not saying christian horner said this but you're talking to christian horner or you were talking to franz toast or they all thought it was going to run um but then of course as things fluidly changed the evidence came that the, the race couldn't run because drivers had gone home the obviously the vote had changed but then you're in that ridiculous no man's land which i i assume in australian time was was, was what so about six o'clock to about nine o'clock their local time when no one can make a decision because of the financial implications yeah. even though everybody knew it wasn't happening and there was some sort of brinksmanship as well or i don't know whether ticking a particular box by the australian organizers where they sent the, the two-seater car out which apparently crashed yes it did um uh, and they started and i don't know i've listened to johnny palmer and getting uh, 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 some text johnny palmer last night he was very keenly watching the supercars that was running as well so the support races were running so the event was going ahead again there was a porsche rich i mean that the, the porsche uh super cup uh, sorry carrera cup race and that will be the quiz question answer won't it in years years to come uh who who won the race at the Australian Grand Prix, and it's not going to be who you thought it was. That's the only race that took place, supercars. And again, I, I, if you haven't heard it yet, we had Richard Creel on the line from the paddock uh, in the early hours of the morning, uh, in the morning hours at least, uh, in Australia, uh, late night in the European time zones. Uh, that is on the website. I- I'll come to where we go from here in a moment, but I do want a quick word uh, on um, on how we got here in terms of the broader sense, because surely, Nick, this could have been avoided we and everybody else has been talking for two three four weeks about whether this race could should might possibly go on and now i'm a big very big on saying as we have done on midweek motorsport in the last few weeks look this is more than about the sport but when you get to the fact that you're in a uh, an area where Last weekend, there was 85,000 people watching the women's T20 final, where you've got crowds of spectators outside the gates gathering together in closer proximity than they would do if they were around the track. When you've got track action on one day, then surely it either could have gone ahead behind closed doors, at least with the... Uh, at least with the support races, or Formula One could have gone gone ahead without McLaren. But ultimately, how did they allow themselves to get the, in this position, even looking back a month or so before then? This uh, you used a very good word there, brinksmanship. Was this just the arrogance of various people in Formula One? I think it was a combination of that and wishful thinking. I think 
what we all have to realise is the coronavirus situation is changing incredibly rapidly, and there's been a Fair massive point. acceleration in impacts to real people over the, in Europe. Sorry, in the last week or so, I mean, when Italy went on lockdown in northern Italy last Friday, wasn't it? And then we have it went lockdown everywhere. We've had much bigger measures in Denmark and France and Germany. And we saw the no-fly order, which took out Sebring. You know, if we go back ten days, it was a very different landscape, and that's when everything flew out. That's when they set all the kit out. And if I let's be really absolutely brutally frank about this, if that McLaren um, uh, personnel member had not tested positive, this race we, we would have had morning practice by now. It would not have been stopped. But the point is, once you have a member of the um, you know the the, uh, the the team, effectively the teams testing positive, then you know much has happened in. Um, Serie A or the NBA, as soon as you get one person in the entire, you know, organisation test, that they shut the whole thing down. And I think they should, that, that's that's the problem with that was is when McLaren withdrew, rightly, it should have been instantaneously shut down, and we'd all have gone, yeah, fair enough. You tried it, it didn't mm. work. You got overtaken by time and circumstances. But we had this ridiculous, you know, twelve-hour standoff about money, which you know is, is you know is a lot of money. But that's what happened. I have no issues with the fact they wanted to go there. I have no issue they wanted to race. And if they, and if they hadn't had that positive test, I'd have had no issues them running. Could I play slightly devil's advocate and say it isn't the same as as soccer, football? It isn't the same as the NBA because we're not talking even at the the players' side, i.e. the drivers' side, of people who are going to be swapping sweat and having close physical contact. As soon as McLaren withdrew and took their people out of the paddock, then surely it was uh, the, the, the danger was over because you're not going to get Sebastian Vettel and uh, Lewis Hamilton uh, banging their chest, chests together underneath the hoop. No, but then again, you know, let's talk about a sporting event. You know, Mikel Arteta for the Arsenal manager has been, has, has, been, uh, uh, has, has been declared he has the coronavirus. He's not the one who goes and tackles people. He's not the one who gets involved physically. He just talks to people. The fact is that he's involved in, in the sport and, and, and the exposure you get generally. If you've got one member of the McLaren team who's who's positive, no idea how long he'd had it, no idea who or where he got it from, no idea who he may have infected. More important, the people don't forget the thing about coronavirus is you are infectious before you know you've got it. And you say you had those fourteen people that they've they've isolated, they're not all just gonna stay in the McLaren motorhome. They are gonna wander about. And more importantly, they are coming into contact with McLaren employees, they're coming into contact with members of the public, and they're coming into contact with other mechanics. Yeah, I don't think it's very unlikely that a racing driver would have caught the virus. No. But it's a travelling circus of hundreds and and you have a duty of care. Right, let's move on to the future. Um, clearly could have been done better. In fact, even the press conference, uh, of which we heard a little bit at the start of this update programme, there were four extremely high-powered uh, officers of various organisations standing outside in front of the press with one microphone that they all had right to their mouths and were passing between them. I, I mean, the optics on this are terrible and it will take Formula One some time to recover. Formula One is an organisation. The Formula One press pack got all uh, excited about it as well and they were putting out country indicators. The whole thing's just a mess. We'll have to move on from that and move forward. Where is the move forward? Because this will have a knock-on and there are certain people in the Formula One press back, including Martin Brundle, who doesn't think we'll be racing before the summer. Well, this is the problem, you see. If you look at where we go, we're supposed to go to Bahrain in a week. Um, now, you know, Bahrain is behind closed doors already. Um, but the question is, you know, 
McLaren have a major have an outbreak, can they run? Um, uh, you can't turn up without a team. What do you do? You know, will 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 Bahrain be pleased about having you know an area that's been you know infected? And so Bahrain, you're thinking oh, that, you know, that would be a very strange thing to do a week after you called the previous one. Vietnam's out in the open in a in a major area. With, and they can't obviously run it behind closed doors because it's a street circuit. So you kind of think that's not going to happen. China's already off. And then we hit the start of May um, with Zanvoort. Uh, Zanvoort, you know, the, the, the Dutch are as, as badly or as well off as the rest of Europe with, a, with, a, with a, where they are in the crisis. And the interesting thing, actually, it, you know, there was a, a big press conference in the UK yesterday. Um and with most of Europe in the same part of the curve outside of Italy, they're, they're, they're saying the peak's 10 weeks away. So peak virus in, in Europe is 10 weeks away with the peak infections three weeks either side of that. So, so we have basically a six-week very serious situation, well, which very serious, anyway, incredibly serious situation, theoretically going to happen from effectively uh, about seven weeks' time, which takes you to the start of May. Right, so best uh, guess then, Nick, best guess, barring behind closed doors next, does it happen? I from what you're hearing that. from the paddock, I, wonder, I, I, I think not, but you can never tell with the money involved. Right. It would be an odd thing to do. Then I'm certain we're going to skip Vietnam. We're certain, obviously, China's not happening. They, they desperately want to get um, uh, Zanvoort away, but it's going to be completely the wrong time. Uh, then you've got um, Barcelona, which is also in a point of um, a high hotspot down there. Then you go to Monaco, which interestingly, of course, Monaco is is a low risk option for Liberty because they get no they get no sanctioning fee for it. Mm. So calling off off Monaco, whilst it's going to make it very um, uh, dull and depressing for everybody, uh, is um, you know that, that's just case. So that takes us into May. They were, but takes them to right at the beginning of June in Baku, and of course Baku, being quite yeah. a totalitarian country, um, probably can give themselves a, have a, have a will probably have a relatively low. You know, they will be able to isolate people and have relatively low people at that point. So it may well be okay. we hit June. Then right. we go to Canada, of course, and then we come back again. But the point about it is, this, this the coronavirus is is going to be with us the whole time, and you get to the point where at what point do you say it's everywhere? we just carry on with our lives well uh, uh, that's a, that's a decision for someone else to take oh, uh, that, uh, not, uh, motor, not motorsport not, not us ab- ab- absolutely i've you're not the first person to have mentioned baku being the that potentially being the first race it would give everybody a chance to self-isolate find out who ha- has and hasn't it's all about the testing in terms of the virus and finding out who if anyone is actually carrying it or or sick with it so the the, f- the further question to that, and this is where we'll start to wrap up then, that would be how many Grand Prix have we just talked about missing there? Five? Six. Six. And that's about as many as they can miss and still have a championship, isn't it? No, 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 no. The championship is not a championship. It's, it's the, the championship is not an issue as it is with Formula E. The championship, they, they'll, they'll, they'll tick all the boxes of the championship and the FI would give them a force majeure waiver anyway. So there'll still be a championship. It's the financial side of the TV contracts that we're talking about here. And that so, so then that begs the question: Is there? And it was pointedly mentioned in that press conference that they would quote unquote try to fit a date in later in the year. We're going to be having motorsport at this point. I mean, we we ran the Formula One calendar into December uh, last season, didn't we? We're going to be having the old-fashioned. Um, 
Boxing Day Grand Prix and things like that if, if we keep on going like that. Yeah, well, well, if we're not starting until June, then they'll definitely put at least one race into the, into the summer break. Yeah. That'll happen. And, they, and my guess is if, if the Netherlands gets kicked off, that's the first one to get back in the summer break because everyone's then in Europe still. Um, you know, they, may, they could even get two in the summer break. And then, of course, they have the option um, with uh, Abu Dhabi at the last week of November to easily put a race into a decent country. So it won't be China, but a country with some heat uh, in the first week or second week of December. I'm sure they can Australia. get past. Could be Australia. Um, they could and they can, they can get out of the, um, uh, yeah, the contractual last Grand Prix for Abu Dhabi. Is it more difficult to, to go to somewhere like Australia because it's a straight track? Surely yeah. it's easier yeah. to go to Barcelona or, you know, Silverstone or, or a more quote-unquote traditional track whatever time of the year it is and whatever weather yeah, absolutely. considerations yeah absolutely i mean it, it, it's a big ask to rebuild a track so so you know that you know the, the, the a lot of people saying china in december the problem with china in december is it's seven degrees centigrade at the best that is the issue with china it's, it's just it's very very cold and whilst i know everyone can buy a jumper the tires don't like it very much um i suppose it's, it's a you know there is a there is a bit of a you know let's let should we, should we look for the silver lining in all this yes please it means the teams can all have all got three months to concentrate on their next year's cars so they can put some real time into 2021, mm. <laughs> you know, and that's that's all they can do because they, they, they can't really do any work on uh, uh, on, the, on the current cars because they don't they don't know whether they're working or not. So remember uh, where you heard it first: Netherlands and Spain going into the summer break, and query China going in towards the end of the season, uh, wherever they can fit it in. Uh, I'm told by Nick. Uh, by Tim Greer, who knows these things and has looked it up, that they only need eight races to be a championship under their own regulations. Uh, what have we learned from any of this, uh, Nick? Uh, and uh, as we've said, the situation is fluid. This might not be the last time we're having this conversation, but surely, surely, surely that F1, all of F1, whether it's uh, and the, the disparate strands and the political and financial interests within it and indeed those inside the F1 bubble who reported surely we've learned something from this uh, because we may be talking we may be having this discussion again in terms of will they want there but it's got to be further ahead of time because the people who've really lost out here are the fans some of which have traveled from a very long way to go to Australia and whilst they get their ticket money back, they won't get their travel back. They won't get their hotels back. For some of these people, this is this is a once-in-a-lifetime trip, and you can't do that to to loyal fans. I think it's a, a, an incredibly unfortunate situation for those people, and but I'm also unavoidable given the speed in which the situation has changed over the last few days. It is, if you really want to know, the two the, the key takeaways is that nothing has changed as far as F1 is concerned from when Bernie took over, from when CVC were in charge. It is all about the money as far as the organisers are concerned. Also, as far as the racing teams are concerned, they always want to race regardless and they had to be having a little bit of a tap on the shoulder from reality, even Toto Wolf to be told this isn't a very good idea. And that's, you know, and that's and that, in, in fairness, that's what managing organisations and companies should do. That, so Mercedes-Benz Stuttgart did exactly the right thing. The other thing we also learned, which, which again, is it, this is actually a new thing, is in the race to be first, journalists will get things wrong. But they are so desperate to be first with stuff now that they can't always check things as they could in the past. And of course, in the past, it would have been phoned in 
on a, uh, into a typewriter into a, into Fleet Street or wherever the you know, is in other countries. And now it's you can write it and it's on it's out in the World Wide Web in two minutes. Surely it's better to be correct than to be first. I think you'll find, John, you and I may think this, but that certainly isn't the way that the modern media works when these freelancers are desperate to get stories. And again, and you know what? I don't blame them for it, but it, it doesn't. But when it goes wrong, it does make you look spectacularly stupid. But I don't blame them for it because that's how they make their living. And, they, and, it, and that's a model now. And, and that's that's a problem of the world, not of sports reporting, not of F1 reporting. It's a problem of the way media is of the world now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is disappointing and it, and, it, and it spread confusion. And you're absolutely right. The, the, the absolutely biggest losers are the people who've, met, who've paid to go to Melbourne in good faith. The track, the track was put in the race on in good faith and F1 turned up in good faith and then circumstances overtook everybody. It's Nick Damon, our Formula One correspondent. We'll update you again, uh, if necessary, over uh, the weekend. But in all likelihood, uh, and it will be Midweek Motorsport, which is restored to the schedule on Wednesday at the normal time of 8 o'clock UK. That's still 4 o'clock Eastern time for those of you who have sprung forward in time terms in the United States. Thanks to Tim Grau, executive producer for bringing us together for these updates to Richard Krill. And I do urge you to listen to that if you haven't already done so. Uh, And indeed, all of our correspondents who have been contributing throughout the last couple of days as the face of motorsport has been changed uh, across the world. And we'll keep you up to date here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.